And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. Good morning. Welcome to The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Richard Rosso. Hope everybody's off to a great Friday morning. Um, lots of volatility once again in the market. So watching a little bit about what's going on. Obviously a big inflation print yesterday, which caught markets by surprise, having Fed officials come out and say, hey, we're still not hiking too quick, but we're seeing lots and lots of talk by economists, different people saying we could see up to seven rate hikes this year. Now, thoughts are, our thoughts are, that it's likely a little bit too hot. We're probably going to see things come down just a bit. And at some point, we may or may not be at peak inflation. I mean, we're seeing supply chain issues subside. Um, we're seeing a lot of the inflationary pressures that was, we could say, artificially stimulated last year. Um, I don't think away. you're allowed to say that on the radio. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> I don't think we're getting violations today. Uh, At least not yet. You never know. But th that is something we have to be cognizant of. Um, you know, all these things have gone away. So, you know, inflation has been the big talk this year. And, and, you know, what do you do to, to protect yourself, protect assets from it? And obviously, if you're sitting in cash, it, it certainly hurts because you feel like, hey, I'm losing purchasing power. But we don't think you have to act too quickly. You know, lots of people are saying, hey, we've got to put everything we have in tips. We're having to go to gold. We're having to do all these different things. And I'm not sure that's the right move at the moment. And look, at the end of the day, Lance and I talked about this on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Inflation, the, the best guard against inflation has been equities. It has been. That's been, I mean, you can shift around within your equity exposure if you think rates are going higher, right? You mm -hmm. can look at financials. You could look at materials. There are things that you could do from a sector rotation perspective. But, you know, it, it, there is a point where obviously bonds will compete with stocks. I'm just not sure we get there. And I don't think anybody else knows either. You know, this is and Lance calls this and I absolutely agree. We're in no man's land in many forms. Right. The S&P is off five and a half percent. It feels worse. Right. Because obviously sector by sector, it could look different. So uh, the inflation perspective is how far do you go? Or how far can the Fed go before you squash any whatever economic growth you have? I mean, it seems to me that the stagflation argument is becoming more and more of a reality, uh, maybe a stagflation light. So as we deal with the strongest inflation we've seen in 40 years, um, the market is going to have to adjust to the Fed doing something, yet they're, they're doing nothing. We still have some measures of emergency procedures out there. So... The, 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 the thought is, how quickly do they move? Brett was talking to me about an article he saw today about the Fed coming out with a surprise rate hike today. I think, I think that would take too many, <clears throat> can't use the word, mm, mm -hmm. maybe cojones. Um, there's just no way. Powell is not Volcker in any form. So I, I would find that hard to believe that they're going to do that. 
Well, um, it, it's going to be so. an interesting story this year. Obviously, this is the headline news that we're seeing, and rightfully so. Absolutely. But I, I think it's even the, the Fed, the Fed came out actually yesterday. Well, not not officially, but some Fed officials were saying, "Hey, look, we're you know there were talks of a one percent rate hike. Um, you know, I think the market. I saw some stats that said the market is priced in an eighty nine percent chance of a fifty basis point hike. First hike. First hike. Correct. I would say do that. I would rather see that than them pussyfoot around and just slowly ease into it. Do one. Wait. Yep. Right? Do 50 basis points. And let's put this in perspective, everybody. Nothing from nothing is nothing. I mean, what's 50 basis points? I, I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of markets is what I'm talking about. It's really nothing. It's the market is a spoiled child baby that doesn't want you to even put the ladle into the bowl to take any punch out of it, right? Um, so, and again, 5.5% down for the S&P this year. We're going to talk about, obviously, if you're a retiree and you're in a distribution mode, how this might feel worse for you as opposed to somebody in accumulation mode where volatility could be your friend. So there's just been a, what, what's great, Danny, is um, there's just been a lot of great studies about who inflation, obviously inflation affects us all, but higher net worth people, higher net worth households, higher income households, you know, w they deal with it. It's uncomfortable. They don't like it. But obviously when you look at where it's hitting um, certain groups more than others, um, actually, Wells Fargo did a great study, shows about how Asian, uh, actually Hispanic and Latinos are really feeling it more than any other group. And millennials are feeling it. Uh, and sort of middle income are really feeling it. Um, we have seen some lower paid workers getting more of a wage hike than others. Makes sense, right? Especially, Danny, in the service industry. Um where obviously it's tough to find help to begin with. So again, listen, I'm not saying the inflation story should be discounted. It's just that you don't know how far it's going to go before the Fed is sort of stuck regarding what they can do. And I agree with you, Danny. I still think stocks will be the best place to be this year. I know that we added a little bit more to long-term bonds because they're long-term bonds because everybody hates them. Listen, sometimes as an investor, you got to buy a little bit what's bleeding in the streets. And that is not the easiest decision to make. But it also goes along our premise that rates can only go so far before you squash whatever economic growth is going, is going to occur. Where we've actually seen estimates for first quarter GDP fall off a cliff, not roll down a hill, but fall down a cliff. So we fall off a cliff. So you have to remember that um, there can only be so far before the Fed has to just wait. So I think more important than the rate hike, Danny, is going to be the language of the Fed. In other words, if they go, listen, we're going to raise 50 basis points and let it settle in because, you know, the Fed moves. I think tortoises move faster than the Fed, right? Of course. Like a lot quicker than the Fed. So you do one, you wait. Get your economic numbers, then see where you go. Well, you, you, the thing is, they have to telegraph this well enough. They have to tell everybody what they're doing 
and not show any big surprises. And so that's the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, think think about this back to 2018 when the market saw lots of volatility. Worst fourth quarter since the Great Depression, really. I mean, if you remember back, it was just on the Trump, uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So that went into effect in 2018. We saw two of the best quarters from an earnings perspective that we'd never seen. Q2, Q3 were fantastic. Right. Powell comes out and says, hey, we're a long ways from neutral. We're going to raise rates quicker than we expected. Well, look at where real rates are. I've never seen them this this bad. Correct. Right? So Rich M says on YouTube, 100 basis point raise would do nothing for inflation. Probably not. But what does it do to an economy that's used to living off of low rates and payments? And paycheck to paycheck. Devastating. Yeah. We get back. I want to talk about, is there a bright side to inflation? I know. I know I'm pulling stuff out of my <clears throat> hat. But maybe there is some sunshine here among the clouds. We're going to talk about it when we return here on Financial Fitness Friday. We'll be right back. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Your retirement is another year closer. Will your exit from the fast lane be a smooth one? RIA advisors can prepare you against the dangers and risks that could cause your retirement to skid in our next free retirement right lane class. Saturday, February 26th at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will bust mainstream financial advice. Explain how you can make the most of Social Security and Medicare and how to lower taxes in retirement. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Now where now where I don't understand the Fed. Oh, welcome back everybody. Is how they feel that the Fed's going to have a Two percent target for inflation. <laughs> well, they, they've had a two percent target for I years, mean, never achieved it. Now we're well above it. You gotta raise it, Powell. You're gonna have to slowly raise that, maybe to three. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 that that to your point, households are expecting five next year. Maybe to three, but do you actually get to five? Do you continue to see that without well, the benchmark. stimulus money? Think about benchmark. You yeah. know, I can understand if you if you have a goal, you have a benchmark goal. And that's what I think that 2% is this nebulous target. Right? Correct. So maybe you got to tell me that, uh, you know, I'm looking at this target blind. I've got to go to. Well, we had anemic growth for years. Target to hi- yeah, higher and then move around that target. So, so expectations you're seeing are five. Yeah, that's what the University of Michigan is saying. Inflation households are expecting 5% next year. Okay, so where's I don't wage think it's growth off with the this? Mark. Where's labor participation rate, labor force participation rates. I mean, you go back, look at studies. So studies show from 1965 to 2009, stocks and rates move together until yields rise to 4.5%, then move in opposite directions. So therefore indicating at 45 prior to 2009, it smothered the economy. Since then, it was 3.6%. Then they begin to move in opposite directions. This is a 10-year. Now, we could also make an argument that it's probably lower. Lance has always said, look, we're stepping down as far as the yields, before they begin to, to really hurt the economy. Correct. Last time it was three and a quarter. I mean, 2018, we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. November 8th, those 3.24. Powell comes back out after October saying, hey, things are hot. The economy is rolling. 
we're going to have to move quicker than we anticipated. Market peels off 10%. He comes back in November, says, hey, guys, we're done. We're not doing anything. They took a breather, goes back down another 10. But then yeah. it did provide a reset with the economy to some extent, or the, the market for that matter. And we we're able, 2019 was a good year. Um, but eliminate all returns from 2018. Yeah, no. And I, and I think that there are two, <clears throat> two main reasons why inflation is going to be sticky for a while. One is energy inflation, just based on us standing in our own way when it comes to... So explain that. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to import energy as mm-hmm. opposed to creating it here, right? So, and all this move toward uh, clean energy, like in all one fell swoop, like you're going to do it all at once as opposed to, you know, let's do this intelligently. So we're standing in our own way politically, right, from, from that perspective well, where, oil, where oil and gas prices are going to say higher. Then you got to remember is why, has, why have prices always been so low? Because of increased competition from imports, right? Globalization. Well, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but the proverbial walls are going up all over the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, China just built a new COVID wall, whatever the heck that is, uh, like a wall. <laughs> but I think you're going to see a return to nationalism in many ways where – Listen, how many times, Danny, do you and I talk about we want to buy goods that, from the United States, right? Yeah. We, 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 more and more people are having this discussion about buying more goods made here as best as possible. It there shops are small businesses locally. Locally, I mean, yep. websites coming up about how to buy lo- here in the United States. The downside is you're going to pay more. Which means higher prices, lower income households are going to have a tough time with it. So I think there are trends in our path, in our in our way. I don't know how long they last. That takes that Fed benchmark and raises it. Well, but but ideally, so if we're doing all these things right, we're shopping locally, we're buying things that are domestic, right? You would think that wage wages would go with that over time. Higher. Correct. Well, that's so so that that's a case price spiral. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, if you look at wage price increases, that lower work, that that service worker increase, that's been the greatest increase in wages we've seen. In some cases, it's around 8%. Yeah. Right? I know. I understand, like, they say wage growth is around 6.9% generally is the is – the, but if you look at segment by segment, uh, listen, talk to a small business and see how much they have to pay to hire somebody. Well, it, the restaurant. cost is becoming is getting greater and greater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I like visiting with our small businesses and, you know, our clients there. And yeah. we're hearing over and over, like I always ask, like, hey, mm-hmm. how, how's cost of goods, inflation, how's that hitting you? And, you know, every now and again, you know, I'll hear, oh, it's not a big deal. And then I'll get an email a week, two weeks later. Man, this just went up by 10 percent, 11 percent. You know, everything is getting a little bit more expensive. And so. It's just a matter of when they're actually passing it on to the consumer or the end user. Now, we are seeing yesterday, who came out yesterday and said, we're, we don't believe we're going to be able to pass that on any longer this last oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, it was a Consumer Staples company. Yeah. Was that was it not Mondelez? It was uh, Unilever? One, one of them. But they said, listen, people are becoming more price sensitive again. Yeah. So our profit margins are going to get hit. Because they're not going to be able to pass that on any longer. Correct. So we saw Procter & Gamble, three rate uh, or, or price increases last year. Probably not going to be able to do the same this year. Right. Um, you know, 
But a lot of it's going to be a case by case basis, unlike this broad sweep of pricing power, mm -hmm. where some companies are going to be spending a lot of time looking at going, gosh, we can't. We're going to eat this, right? You know, our margins are going to get slammed because we can no longer pass these prices increases down. Now you have companies like Chipotle that are continuing to do it because people are still going. Correct. But there's a point where that's going to be a pain point for them. So every company is going to have to figure out their own pain point. But it's going to happen because cash coffers are drained. People are living on credit cards again. And that's going to be a problem. So uh, that price sensitivity or, well, or elasticity is going to be in it is going to come back. Yeah. Ford and GM just came out and said, hey, they got after their dealership said, do yep. not sell over MSRP, which was fairly normal over the last year, year and a half where they're saying, they were marking things up ten, fifteen thousand dollars above MSRP and selling them. Look, I was in the market for a new vehicle, looking all over the place, but could Did you not ever find one. Could not. I yeah. couldn't fathom spending the money. I know. Yeah. You know, it's like, wait a second, I'm gonna go buy a suburban for a hundred grand. No way. The guy on the bicycle on forty five. That's Danny. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder why I look so bad. Go find a bicycle today. Forget it. Well, it just it just pays to put that money back into the used car and fix whatever was wrong with it in the first place if well, you can. because right, these used car prices are so high well they are so so now it's you know you if you had a used car and you could wait if you had multiple vehicles mm -hmm. you're in the ideal situation right go ahead and liquidate one oh yeah wait it out yeah but how long are you waiting now but the good thing is with them actually coming out and saying hey you're no longer going to have the ability to, to price these things in like this that's going to be beneficial for i think the the retail consumer got to be at least at some point yeah. So listen, we've got a lot of a lot of things happening. Um, you've had years where workers have lost leverage over employers because of low wage workers overseas. Workers, I think, have more leverage today. And I don't know if that part's going away based on a couple of factors I mentioned earlier. But what's the bright side of this? So in my book in 2012, I wrote about how there was this great recession mindset, generation of younger people who decided that because of what they saw their parents go through, um, they didn't get everything that they wanted, mostly like around the Gen Z, um, that generation. Uh, they just decided that they're going to live smaller. They don't need a lot of stuff. It, uh, today, we still see those changes in consumer habits based on the Great Recession. Does the great inflation, uh, Danny, along with the great resignation, does that reshuffle priorities and help people think about how to get their households financially in order? Because they may have to. And unfortunately, it takes some sort of shock for people to really dissect their own cash flow because when things are good things are good you just think they're going to continue right so if inflation is going to stick around a while even for middle income or higher income households um it might cause people that didn't keep a budget didn't watch their pennies to do so you know so so pete on youtube just talked about austerity and that's yeah. that's been an interesting thing right think uh -huh. about like the great recession and what happened there like we saw europe they they did some austerity instead of doing all this stimulus. Oh, man, man that was a big thing. Back. Remember about austerity and 
you know, that went out the window. Well, and they had a double dip recession. We didn't do that. We just kept throwing money at it, and yeah. we we. We benefited from a market perspective. From now it. we're going to go through the hangover of it, possibly Correct. with stagflation. But that's but, another but story. what you're but talking about is is a consumer austerity. I'm saying, yeah, within a household, right? Correct. So so much different than the government. But this is something that you know people are going to say, hey, maybe we should begin to look at. Maybe we should look at the balance sheet. Actually, do that four letter word budget. Look at how much we're spending, where we're spending it, and at some point, especially without the stimulus money coming, because everybody was. You know, we had this this big safety net that we knew that funds were coming in, or people did in general. Now, with that being gone, what what happens there? Does the consumer mindset begin to change, especially with higher rates? And that's also affects. We you just talked about some companies are going to lose the ability to have pricing power, and the great this 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 shutdown that we had during the pandemic, people learned to reshift priorities, which I think led to the great the great resignation. Right? People want time to themselves. They're understanding quality of life. They understand they may not make as much money. Um, you, you might really cause you to, to, to really do a household financial forensic and really go through where your money is going and how you're spending it and how can we save more and what can we do things that don't cost so much money. I mean, listen, we talked about this the other day. I know Disney had great earnings, but I'm like, how long does that last? I mean, to go to the Disney park... The cost to go to Disney is insane. Oh, it is. I've never taken the kids to get grief from the in-laws <laughs> because of it. Because I refuse to take them to spend 10000 15000 You know what bucks. Danny's doing on Sunday? He just walks around the house with mouse ears. Here it is, baby. Hey, I did have a friend go recently. They showed a picture. Look, it is bonkers. I mean, people You're everywhere. Paying. There's and, and, and so, so Disney, I, I see it. I, I do. We get back. We're going we're to continue this discussion. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Your retirement is another year closer. Will your exit from the fast lane be a smooth one? RIA advisors can prepare you against the dangers and risks that could cause your retirement to skid in our next free retirement right lane class. Saturday, February 26th at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will bust mainstream financial advice. Explain how you can make the most of Social Security and Medicare, and how to lower taxes in retirement. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to the Financial Fitness Friday edition of The Real Investment Show. I'm Danny Ratliff here with Richard Rosso. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. Let's talk a lot about inflation, a lot of different things that are going on right now. Markets pricing those those things in. But some good news for those over 72 having to take your required minimum distribution. Life expectancy tables have changed. How so, exciting. Woohoo. But what does that <laughs> now mean? Now I'm going to live longer to take and have inflation ravage me. <laughs> well, the good news here is, is that for, for those looking to do 
more methodical distributions, strategic. You're not required to take as much out because they gave us another year or two on the life expectancy tables, and this will bring your RMD down. So what does that mean overall for the average Joe Rich? What, what do people have to be mindful here? Because there's a couple more changes that occurred here, right? So Secure Act 2020 changed some things, moved the RMD age from 70 and a half to 72. We saw how non-spousal beneficiaries of IRAs, so inherited IRAs, that changed as well from a life expectancy to a 10-year window. And I would think over time they're going to begin to become more aggressive with trying to get their hands on funds. But this is actually good news. Yeah, I'm surprised they changed the table, actually, even though they should have years ago, only because it means less money coming out. I mean, it's marginally different. I mean, it's not like it's tremendously different, but it is less money coming out of your accounts. Um, so it's, uh, it, you know, it's about time they finally changed the table. So you might notice that there's just a difference mm -hmm. uh, in what you thought you were going to take and what you're really going to take. Uh, I don't know if there's any talk about maybe pushing the RMDH to 75. I know there's been some there's been some talk about taking it away. Listen, if you're here's the stupid part of this. How many people do you know, really, who are seriously still working at 72 years old? Like yeah. Brent's going to be here, right? He'll have more hair at 72. Well, we just keep updating his financial plan. Sorry, buddy, <laughs> can't do it. Can't retire, nope. Brent. Yeah, not going to work. <laughs> And, and if I my, am still my new title is going to be indentured. <laughs> well, that's a new table we're using at the IRS, <laughs> the indentured table. Yeah. Um, you know, th again, rules are archaic around a lot of these distribution processes and why you even need to take them. Well, they they are because let, <laughs> let's face it. If we look at we look at most of America, they're living on these funds. They need these funds already, and, and most people are underfunded for retirement. Or if they're saying, "Listen, I really don't want to take it because I'm still working. I don't really, don't, I really don't want to take my RMD from my IRAs." Right? Well, it, it allows people to become more strategic as far as how they they take distributions, what they're doing, not having to take that. You know, we did a uh, lunch and learn a webinar yesterday on Social Security and talking about taxation, talking about benefits withheld, talking about all the different things that can occur. Irma with Medicare. This allows you to hopefully, if if they went away with RMDs. There'd be some big benefit from a planning perspective because mm -hmm. we would have just another tool in the toolbox to help mitigate some of those additional taxes, those stealth taxes. Yeah, of Social Security taxation. Um, but again, it's something to keep in mind. Of, I don't know what else will change, but it's about time that we did this. You know, I still don't even understand for inherited IRAs for non-spouses. You have to take it out. Remember, you have to take that distribution out. Say your, 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 your mom passes away and you inherit her IRA. Uh, you have to take it out a year following her death over a 10-year period. There's no table for that. So I think a lot of people are going to get hurt, Danny. In other words, I can, I can take it all out in year 10. I can take it out in year 5. In other words, you're going to really have to watch your tax situation and make sure, I would say, take some out every year. But I had someone the other day who's got an, uh, needs to do it, and he got another windfall. Got a big bonus at work. I said, "Okay, if you don't want to take it this year, you don't have to." But remember, you're just pushing out the pain because next year. So I guess in some ways, people can craft it 
with those distributions. But in year 10, if you've got more than you, you have a large inherited IRA and you need to take that money, it's got to come out. Well, Otherwise, the penalties are... I mean, think, think about this from a, a logistical perspective, from our perspective, right? As an advisor, we're calling people um, saying, hey, you need to take your RMD. And every year we have, you know, we have our list. We go through these, especially you get to about Q4. We're really hitting that list hard. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we need to take this RMD. If you don't have it on autopilot, let's go ahead and get this off. The there books. are a lot of people that are still under the impression because of the pandemic that they don't have to take RMDs. Yeah, you can delay it or defer. Yep. <laughs> I talked well, to someone the other day that said, oh, I still haven't done that. I'm like, ah, oh, for last year you didn't? You know, the IRS might give you a pass, but you better do more this year and correct. get your tax person to say, hey, I made a mistake. But um, you're, you're going to have to, the advisors are going to have to be very diligent. You're going to have to be diligent in okay. knowing when that 10-year window is. Yes. Because now you don't have the custodian. You don't have the people telling you, hey, each year this is how much you need to take. You just have to do it. It has to be liquidated, gone. If you're a non-spousal, non-spousal, non-spousal right. inherited IRA. And there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of it. And that's why also people are looking at, you know, my children are in a higher tax bracket. So I'm thinking, gosh, when I'm gone, they're going to have to take this money out over 10 years, not their life expectancies. I'm really going to cause, a, even though it's, it's great they'll have that money, and I'm glad I'm able to do that if, God forbid, something happens to me. But, boy, I'm really going to push them into another bracket. So what this gentleman is doing is moving more toward Roth conversions as a legacy asset, Danny, right? So that when, by the, you know, he's, a, he's in good health, mm-hmm. so we'll make sure we do required minimum. We'll, we'll do every year he takes his required minimum, but we can do above and beyond to, to get a Roth stash going so that when his children inherit the Roth, because that'll be his legacy and asset. And likely their peak earning years. In Right. At least when they take the money out over 10 years, it's tax-free. So you've got you've to think about how that money might pass on to others and the tax burden you're going to leave to them. And I have some people that'll say, listen, you know what? That's money they wouldn't have had anyway. But if you could do a better job saving taxes for everybody involved in your family— Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And so you you do need to start thinking about a little bit outside the box. And and you know what? It's counterintuitive to what most people want to do. We want to defer, delay taxes as long as we can. It's always about saving taxes now. And then because, you know, retirement is this this road I'll never travel or I'll never, you know, I'm I'm 30 years old, 35 years old, and I'm like, That's an eternity. But then all of a sudden, you're there. And you think your taxes, you're going to be in the lowest, you're going to be in the lowest. Well, my broker said, I'm going to be in the lowest tax bracket when I retire. Listen, this is an old story. Like when ALF was popular on television. It's, and even though I love ALF, that's advice he would give you. And then he'd eat your cat, but that's a whole other story. Well, if things are going the way they're going, that lower tax bracket's not going to be all that low. It's, it's not now when people retire. Right, to your and, point. And that's the question you have up. to ask. Do you think with all that's going on that taxes are going higher? Regardless of your political views, wh- do you actually think taxes are going to be lower in the future? Well, we know. So, so we <laughs> no. know the sunset provision that, that comes in, right? So the end of 2025, we step into 2026. We when ALF becomes a vegetarian, back. that's going to happen. Yeah. No, we, we revert back to the old tax code. Yeah. 
if nothing is done, which we know at some point we're probably going to have to go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. But here's the big thing. Think about this. So most people, when they, they talk about income, they talk about it in a gross, like, oh, I make X amount. I make 60000 100000 150. Mm-hmm. But they don't factor in, okay, what about health care benefits? What about 401K distributions or, or contributions? Excuse me. What about um, the funds that you're putting aside? So you, you start to draw all this out, you know, what do you actually live on? What are your real expenses? Mm -hmm. And what we find is once you do that, it's probably not that much different than what you're going to live on in retirement and pull from your accounts. Especially during your active years. Correct. Right. Say you retire, even if you retire at age 70, I still think you're a young retiree. Listen, 70 today is different than 70, you know, 20 years ago, right? People are more active than they ever been. They're traveling and all that. So at least from 70 to 75, 70 to 78, this might be very active for you. You might be spending a lot more money than you think. Very true. And, and you have to be concerned about most tax people, most financial advisors are focused on the front pocket tax, the taxes you know about, the federal income tax. But then there's these back pocket taxes, as Danny talks about and we talk about, is taxes on Social Security, right? 50 cents to 85 cents on the dollar, depending on... Uh, your provisional income, uh, which does include distributions from your IRA, your IRMA charges, your additional charges on top of your base premiums for Medicare Part B and Part D. This stuff adds up, uh, and you could be hit with it. And we have, I have people that I've worked with for years that never thought they would, and they are. Well, these are the things that nobody talks about. Most CPAs don't don't visit about this, right? Most it's advisors more of a holistic view of looking this. at taxes, right? Well, it is because, but it is it's uncomfortable because you're doing things right now that we've always been taught to d- delay, and and CPAs are judged. I, I always say this: CPAs are judged on how much can you save me today. No, in so, all fairness, that's how they're judged. Yeah. So if right. you, the next guy says, "Hey, your guy's not doing a good job. I can save you ten ten thousand dollars more," <laughs> right. you're like, "Hey, I'm going to jump." But what if they're forward thinking? What if they were thinking about not just now, but 10, 15, 20 years down the road? That can be a big bonus, especially when we're dealing with a tax code that we're the environment that we're in currently, which is likely not going to stay the same. Agree. We get back. We're going to talk a little about, hey, you want to reduce the risk of retirement portfolio exhaustion and distributions in the face of possibly lower returns or negative returns in the market. If you're a retiree, you need to listen to this. We'll be right back. daily investment news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com your retirement is another year closer will your exit from the fast lane be a smooth one ria advisors can prepare you against the dangers and risks that could cause your retirement to skid in our next free retirement right lane class saturday february 26th at the embassy suites houston richard rosso and danny ratliff will bust mainstream financial advice explain how you can make the most of social security and Medicare and how to lower taxes in retirement. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
please. <laughs> hey, we had a great turnout yesterday. We did. For our Social Security luncheon, Lord. Wow. Um, so much confusion and facts. I mean, we threw a lot at people. <laughs> I almost feel bad because there's so much information surrounding it. It is. And I mean, I could, you feel like you're drowning in information when it comes to Social Security and how to claim. Well, so many moving parts. How does it impact you? What does that really mean? And so what we love to do is actually put those numbers together and show you individually what what's the overall impact to you and your family. And, you know, unfortunately for many, it's going to take a financial plan or fortunately. Yeah. But a lot of people just don't like doing that, that whole big picture. But there's a lot of money left on the table with Social Security. And so if you don't, you weren't able to attend, we are going to have that live on the YouTube channel. So the Real Investment Show uh, that'll be posted there. You can actually go out there and, and take a look. It's about an hour, a little over an hour. Yeah, uh, a but bit. we went through a lot of information. And we're going to be doing our retirement right lane class live. Live. At the end of February. This will be good because it's been a long time since you and I have done a live class. Now, it's sort of centrally located because we're going to do it here in the memorial area at what? The embassy. Mm-hmm. Suites by our office here. Our I-10 in Kirkwood. I-10 in Beltway. Uh-huh. Easy to get to. And this is a class. This is a couple of hours in the morning you're going to spend with us. And we're going to make sure you do not get derailed because what we try to help pre-retirees, new retirees, and heck, even if you've been retired for a while, I'm sure you're going to learn something. But you're in that right lane and you're ready to exit. Right? I'm ready to get to the destination of retirement. What is going to... D- how do I remain uninterrupted before, you know, oh gosh, you know, I have to get back on the freeway. Something happens and I got to get back on the road to work. I got to work longer. Something's changed. We want to make sure we give you this right lane strategy so you exit to your destination. And there's so many facts, so many ways that we're going to help people break some of the conventional wisdom out there that doesn't work especially around retirement income, Social Security, Medicare. I mean, this is the soup to nuts. Guaranteed you will learn something. How many people would talk to us and say, my gosh, I didn't know that, or I got this advice and it wasn't right, and we were able to help people make better decisions about, gosh, almost everything, saving taxes in retirement, Medicare, again, Social Security, everything. So this is a class that you need to attend. I guess it's up there now. It is. So go to realinvestmentadvice.com. Go to the events tab. Uh, You can can register right there. Um, But two things I want to mention with that, right? So one, there's no charge for this this class. Oh, right. And two, there's no carrot at the end of it. You know, we have a lot of people that come and they say, okay, what are you selling? Yeah, does it have to go into a product? No. No, this is our expertise. This is what we do on a day-to-day basis. These are the things that you should be thinking about and you should be putting – into play with your own life and what you guys are doing. And so we want to provide you guys with as many resources and tools to be successful leading up to retirement so that you have that retirement that you hope and dream for. You know how you know we're not selling you anything? How's that? When you sit down, you're not getting like steak and eggs and mimosas and, right? That, we that always to tell nice. people, if you're going for a steak dinner, yeah, don't be, come. Be, don't come here. You're going to pay for that. Yeah, and in fact, we get a lot of questions like, how come you guys don't do those? Well, well because we're not selling you anything yeah. at the end of it. I think we might have some donut holes for you at this one, but we'll Ho- see. Hotel coffee. Medicare donut holes we'll be discussing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Wait a the second, donut Rich. Holes don't be, don't be giving people a false sense of hope here. <laughs> that would be neat if we handed out donut holes. Or we just right do when we start talking about donut holes, just to keep everybody awake. Yeah, give everybody carrots and celery, and we do keep that audience captivated about a lot of heady stuff. <laughs> I will tell you, and and why is because there's audience engagement. People ask us questions during the process, not just at the end. Uh, people share their stories. I love that part, Danny. When people say, hey, you know what? You guys are right. This is what happened to me with Medicare Advantage. You know, when we hear stories of what we're saying, if people have made these mistakes mm -hmm. and they've rectified them and then share them with everybody, man, it is ma it's magical. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to hear it from us. It's another thing to hear from someone who's already gone through this or people who have gone Been through there, it. Been there, done that. Yeah, or gone through it with their parents or grandparents because we're talking about long-term care. Right. How do you make the best of that? Who talks about living in retirement as far as what's your household going to look like? Are you going to age in place? What are you going to do? What what does actual living in retirement, the place you live in? Have you thought about that? Have you planned for that? And you may not plan for that when you first retire. But heck, once you're about 10 years into retirement, you're going to be wondering, huh, what's that next phase of housing look like? for me we're going to talk about that so this is a lot of information um about things so we hope you're going to be there there'll be lots of coffee <laughs> saturday february 26th saturday february 26th 9 a.m i would say don't get your um beloved spouse a gift for valentine's day and say i'm going to save this up for a very special gift at a hotel we're going to go to a hotel yeah. The weekend of the 26th, and then it's the retirement, yeah. right? Like, what do you think? That'll work? Don't do that. Okay, that's not good. Yeah. But, honey, we don't talk about, about We don't talk about retirement, <laughs> divorce and retirement, which is very, which is prevalent, but. This is a gift you may not appreciate right now, but I promise. <laughs> when I'm not here, it may not, it may be after the seminar I'm not here. <laughs> it might be really helpful be. for you. Could be. I got two words for you. Uh, shut up. Three words. <laughs> Chocolate. Covered strawberries. Well, this is after Valentine's that Day, better so be hopefully everybody yeah. has you, done Oh, not at the right lane, because we're not doing that. No, no. Because oh, I'm you, not dressing up as Cupid either. If you pull the hotel stunt with your bride, you better have chocolate-covered <laughs> strawberries in the refrigerator. Hold on now. Do, do you guys participate in this Valentine's Day nonsense? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Listen, we, I oh, meant man. to talk about this because we know in the Ratliff household, Valentine's Day is just a day. It's a day. You're darn right. No way. <laughs> I am not going to go out and pay four times what you should pay for flowers. So the deal is she does get flowers. She gets them often. Probably not as often as she should receive them, which would be daily. You don't get but, them often enough, Michelle. But um, we don't. And, and we're not going to go pay the extra, you know, surcharge Listen, to go I'm out to eat on Valentine's Day. I'm not saying that's not smart. I think it is. I think it's very financially savvy. And I think you do stuff throughout the year, don't you? You do special dinners do, and do. other things that make up for that. Do you all even say Happy Valentine's Day to each other, or you don't even do that? I don't even know. We let the kids have fun at school. They do their thing, but that's about as far it's like, as this it's goes. It's sort of like we don't like in the Italian families. We don't want to talk about the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. <laughs> that's what he's going through. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about. Oh, it. we talk about it. And hey, because I ask because I know how this goes, right? You have to make sure I that she's still anything. okay with this and that her oh, friends yes. have not brainwashed yeah. her or something has gone on. You don't so, have to get me anything. I'll course. be fine. 
I learned that a long time ago with Christmas, like <laughs> 2006. When My dad no said, gifts. you really didn't get her anything? I said, she didn't want anything. He said, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> go, to the, go to the jewelry store right now. I, I thought, think huh. the Christmas one. The Christmas, yeah. yeah. That's right. I want to make a but change. We, yeah. we even, I mean, hey, I, I, she gets what she wants. No, she does. But she's extremely frugal, which I appreciate. She Sometimes is. too much so. Um, you know, you could go buy one dress at Neiman's or ten at Kohl's. It's still the same price, honey. <laughs> but listen, it's a good. You should write a whole blog piece about how do you ignore Valentine's Day and then see what kind of hate mail you get. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. <laughs> he gets a death notice from like, yeah. what's that Valentine's Day bear? Michelle will be posting Vermont, it everywhere because I'm I'm sure Vermont I'm teddy more bear company dead than alive. Him, so is sending uh, Danny death threats. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's got that down. I listen, I you know, I I fall for it. Uh I did something a little we did something a little bit um earlier on at True Lux in the Woodlands. I don't think those prices ever go down. <clears throat> so good gosh. Beautiful right there in Hughes Landing. Oh right yeah. Right off the water. It's a Very great nice. place. Yeah. Uh but to your point, yeah, everything gets hyped up. So There's holiday inflation on top of your regular inflation. Do they take coupons? <laughs> no? I'm not there. So. Sorry. Does who I take coupons? True Lux. Oh. <laughs> Yo, that's another thing you can do. You could give a coupon. Yeah. You know what's funny? Nice you know, Good Amy and I are sitting there, and the waitress. Here's your very, back row, honey. <laughs> very nice waitress, but she's talking about, like, you know, like when you go to an Italian restaurant, go, do you want cheese on that? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want cheese on your... She's talking about, well, we only have these crab legs, and you can put them on anything. They're only $75 for each leg. You can have a leg on this and a leg on that, and, leg, and I'm going ching to ching to $75 a leg? Yikes. That's more than a leg, buddy. Yeah. Right? I'm like, we're not putting legs on anything right now. I <laughs> sorry, mean, so sorry $75 honey. $75 uh, a leg. Yeah, not going to happen. Oh, Just put legs on your money. Gracious. Watch we'll go to H-E-B, away. imitation crab. <laughs> In the can? In the can. I'm going to tell you, you know who's going to be fine in retirement? Danny. Oh, Danny it, and Michelle, they're going to be it, it'll just be, fine. Uh, it'll be because of her, for sure. In their tiny house. <laughs> Man, these kids are gone. We are downsizing. I mean, we will have one vehicle. I don't vehicle. know if the kids are ever really gone. Yeah, that's But true. you bring up a good point before we talk about something else that... <laughs> Oh, we can't even talk about anything else. But couples do need to be in simpatico with uh, their values with money. Because that can really hurt your overall net worth. So that's where you and Michelle are aligned. It really helps to build wealth and it save does. money. It does. It, it, it's interesting. You know, what we do for a living day to day, we're in the weeds of this. Yep. And she actually is on me at times like, hey, do it. What are we doing? I need to make sure I'm on top of this, which is great because we see so many spouses that are not engaged. They have no idea what's going on, and it does make for a much better Next week, we're going to talk about retirement plan distributions, how to do them creatively. Still have time to talk about it. We will next week. Hope you have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. It's a rich man.